Emily Bolt. I'm an actor, teacher, and a new mom. Once I became pregnant, I went on a hunt for answers to all my questions about being a working actor mom. And what did I find? Practically nothing. So here I am asking all the questions to try to figure out how people do it. How are mothers balancing and not balancing parenthood in this crazy industry? Join me and my amazing guests as we take a real look into the lives of working moms in the entertainment industry. On this episode of Mommywood, I am talking with the fabulous Jenny Lee Stern. It was so great talking with her because she was so no bullshit and so honest about, you know, just everything. We were talking about how this business isn't linear, which I think is so important, especially for people just starting out in this industry because you think, you know, oh, I'll get a co-star, then a guest star, then I'll be a series regular. But no, you could be on Broadway for seven years, then nothing. Then, you know, it goes up and down and down and down and straight and then up and it's all over the place. There's no linear path in this career, which is so hard to even get through my own head. So it was nice to hear. Also, she was so honest about the fact that she was like, I have no time and I have money twice a year, <laughs> which is funny because, you know, talking about how your kids can react to different jobs and her kids understand that like, oh, we're getting takeout. Okay, we have money now and that type of thing, which is nice hearing that, you know, kids are adaptable and they don't necessarily think things are as big of a deal as we do, I guess. Also, she talks about how her day is meticulously scheduled so that she's able to get done what she needs to get done and get to the places she needs to be at, which again, I love lists. I love schedules and calendars. So I am on board with that. And she talks about you know, the change in her life. Uh, She is now with her partner, Jenna, and she's been living authentically and how that has really changed her perspective on life, essentially. And the fact of, you know, as performers, we need that applause, especially after, you know, being a parent or being a partner and not getting the um, appreciation <laughs> that we need so that getting that from from the audience but now that she's living authentically um, she feels she doesn't need that from the audience she can do her work and mute the audience out even and the pandemic really made it clear to her that she needs those shows those uh a couple hours a night to escape, to be able to create and be a different character, not have somebody calling her mom or not having somebody ask her to do things for her. And I think that's really important too. And I'm so glad she was honest about that as well, because it's so hard. You know, people always talk about self-care And that's hard to get in. So (laughs) the fact that she can kind of get that um, bit of self-care through through her work is really great also. Um, And just talking about how we can do anything we want to do. And finally, her lifesaver about microdosing, (laughs) you're going to want to hear about because it's hilarious and I'm such a nerd. So it was definitely great um, hearing about that. So I really hope you enjoy this episode of Mommy Wood with Jenny Lee Stern. First of all, thank you so much for doing this and being a part of this. I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, so you have three daughters. I have three daughters, almost 14, 12, and almost five. Wow. And what are their names? So Nora is almost 14, Penelope is 12, and Daisy Blue is four and a half. Well, four and whatever she is, almost five. What are their names? Yes, we're going for like an olden, tiny book 
like book oh, yeah. characters, I think. Yeah. Right. My daughter's name is Marion Iris. Yeah. So we like, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like yeah. same vibe. <laughs> they could play, they could hang. Yeah. Could yeah. Hang. Nora was definitely one of my top girl names. Yeah. This time. Um, so will you just give me like a background of like where you're from and like how you started in this industry before? having any kids? So I um, grew up outside Philadelphia, sort of like in between Philadelphia and New York, Mm -hmm. um, suburban Pennsylvania. And, you know, just started like every other kid starts taking dance class and stuff and singing in school. And I was always a dancer and a gymnast. And then about fifth grade, you know, music teacher was like, maybe you should think about were, you know, her singing. And so I went to an audition, like a local audition for Annie and booked it, Henny. And then (laughs) went from there. And uh, when I was around 14, I was at like a family friend's birthday party. And, you know, they're like, sing, sing. And there just happened to be like a New York agent there at the party. Oh my gosh. And he just like signed me. And then I started going to New York when I was 14 on the train by myself. Wow. And just, yeah. And just started working. And, but it was still sort of like a, a slow burn for me. I didn't have, my mom is in no way a stage mom. Like she would drive me. She did all the things. She paid for all the classes and the lessons. And she would drive me, you know, to New York for coachings and stuff. But she wasn't like, um, you know, this helicopter stage mom, which I think she struggles with regret about that for some reason. And I am eternally grateful for her her for that, you know, like, cause I know my personality. There's one specific story, right? Like the season of the Mickey Mouse club where it's Justin, Christina, Brittany, I was up for that season. And the, I was like, had like final callback, final callback. And she's like, if only. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like I would not have ended up like Justin. Like I would have ended up like Britney, but without the hit, like without the hits. I don't know know that my personality would not have been able to like not do cocaine and like end up in a gutter. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So I am sort of grateful for the slow burn of my career, which is still slow burning um it's a marathon yes <laughs> it, it, it is and it's getting off a little bit but like I always tell people that either aren't in the business or are you know young adults trying to get in the business like this business isn't linear and it's especially now with how you can become the moose you know like it's not like, okay, I'm going to start a job at Johnson and Johnson and I'm going to start as a summer intern. And then I'm going to move up to a junior executive. And then I'm going to, you know, be the senior vice president of the company or something. It's like, you can have six seasons on a Netflix show and then do an off Broadway play and then be selling mud water and then be right. And then be on Broadway. I mean, you could be on Broadway for seven years straight in the same show and nobody knows who you are and then you don't you know you're out of a job the show closes and you just have to start all over again so you know unless you unless you yeah like unless you hit the level where you never have to work again which is yeah a small percentage right so very um, small yeah yeah so Yeah. So my, you know, my time in this business before I had kids was just, you know, living in New York, frolicking around, touring with um, Greece, touring with Jersey boys and um, getting married a couple of times and divorced a couple of times. And yeah, yeah, just kind of kicking it in New York and also just having that New York experience that um, I allowed myself to have. And I'm so grateful that I, you know, sometimes I kick myself in the butt and like, cause I just didn't hang around a lot of theater kids 
when I was a young theater kid in New York. Yeah. I was really kind of hanging out in like the East Village, like music scene and stuff. And like that might have stalled my career a little bit, but some of the things that I saw and learned and experienced there are things, you know, that we draw from now. So um, I can't say that I have any regrets about that, you know, because I just, I don't know, I, I'm pretty cool with how things are going, you know, yeah. not maybe right in this hour of my life with people screaming and not like <laughs> staying in their rooms or whatever. But um, yeah, so I'm still just kind of plugging along you know, as you are, as we all are with my yeah. three girls on my own. Um, I do have help with my mom and my partner, but you know, no dads and uh, just trying to do what we can. Like, you know, like what, what you're doing, just auditioning and rehearsing. And so, mm -hmm. so, you know, we questioned a lot, but um you know, ultimately when I'm on stage, that's my most rewarding time. Yeah. And when the worlds intersect, right? Like I was able to bring my oldest daughter, Nora, with me into the city. I did a show at 54 Below last night and she's just kind of getting into theater too. So it was like really, really cool to have her there and not as like a baby. Like, I mean, I've had a baby on my hip at rehearsals and auditions. Like I'll send you pictures like, checking Mrs. Lovett when my nanny canceled and I have her in the Moby wrap, like oh. making meat pies, like crazy. Wow. But now to have like young adult kids, you know, tweens and teens, um, to sort of watch her watch me last night was kind of maybe the best night of my life. Like that's where it's really cool. So and you said she's interested in it. Are all three of them? Kind of, well, the five. Yeah. So <laughs> not, like yeah. my oldest, Nora, she just played Mary Lennox in the secret garden at like a regional theater right around here. Mm -hmm. And um, my middle daughter, Penelope, she's also into it. And they do, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, community theater and regional theater within an hour of our house. And, um, and you're, closer to Philadelphia now, right? Closer to Philly, like an hour from Philly. Yeah. And um sorry, my eye is like watering. Um and uh so yeah, they're now they're both gonna do a um summer production of Susical, the musical. Oh, and um and they're like super good and I don't think I'm biased. And you know, the little one for now is just like dancing around and oh making God. cute jokes and that's amazing. So, so that's like, well, then I'm, yeah, so going back to like your mom um, kind of regretting not being more of a stage mom, how are you then as a mom? Are you less of a stage mom or have you let them kind of steer their own way or what kind of like advice have you? Oh, yeah, my thing was, so here's my thing. I have no time. I have no time and like I have money you know, two times a year, right? There's like our, there's like our takeout months and yeah. our grocery store months. And the girls know when I'm like, Hey, you guys want Chinese? They're like, are we rich again? Um, <laughs> you know, like they, they'll, their memoir, I'm ready to read their memoirs because there's just like so much stuff. Like, you know, when I'm like dyeing my own hair, Mm -hmm. that's like a phase right or when I'm like at the salon that's a phase when I'm doing my own eyebrows versus like getting them done whatever uh -huh. um so I have so little time so I never pushed um opportunities sort of present themselves and then when I saw that they were actually good it's like really really hard like not to encourage your kid to do something that they're really good at and they really like so being a mom on stage and a stage mom is one of the hardest things, you know? Um, so we just balance it. We say yes when we can, and we say no when we can't, you know, because ultimately my career has to come first because my career is what is paying for room and board here. So, um, that's just the way it is. And, uh, and also like we've seen kind of like what happens with kids who grow up in the real business, right? And like, I don't want to regret putting them in like situations that you can't undo. So if this is giving them confidence now and 
experiences that they can take into their life, whatever they choose to do with their life, then I'm for it. If it turns into me like, come on, we got to make this tape, let's do Like, I'm already doing that for myself. Like, I'm not trying to scream at them about that. That's crazy to me. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely a balance. And uh, the schedule, I mean, the calendar is just completely out of control. But, you know. <laughs> It, it ultimately well, I appreciate becomes... you squeezing this in. I'm so excited. Oh no, me too. But it's just it it's just like a whole it's a whole new thing, right? And uh I don't so, know. We're, we're doing our best. So yeah, right. Aren't we? We're all just trying here. Yeah, just trying. <laughs> um so where were you? I guess, emotionally, physically, all of the ways um, before or like when you had your first daughter, were so, you, was it yeah. conscious? Were you like, oh, I'm in this place in my career. I feel like I'm ready. Or did it just happen? Or where? Um, it that? certainly wasn't a surprise. Like, so um, I was doing Jersey Boys. I did Jersey Boys for like two and a half years on and off. Um, sort of on the tour, we were, my husband at the time and I were kind of on our own mini tour. So we met in rehearsals for the Chicago company in New York. Um, and we we're actually both in uh, other relationships at the time. And then <laughs> all showmans blossomed into, um, you know, a real relationship and then a marriage and we we knew that we wanted to you know have a baby pretty soon after, and um, tried right away and just kind of got lucky right away. So I was in Jersey Boys when um, I got pregnant, and so was he. And we were living in Toronto, and so I stayed with the show for about four more months. Okay. And so the direct the yeah. director came for a visit and. Um, you know, came in to offer his congratulations and said, you look exactly the way you're supposed to look. And so we're going to see you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. How did that work? Did you tell them or was that the time where he like, he happened to come in and know? No, I mean, so work? it's like, yeah. So it's so delicate, right? Yeah. Because it's a totally different business, right? Like if you're compromising the integrity of the show and the design, yeah, um, then you're out. And it's yeah. and it's it's not the same kind of business where you necessarily get like a maternity leave. It's like very weirdly worded, right? All this stuff. And it's not like shooting a show or a film, you know, where they can like um Claire Huxtable style, like cover you with grocery bags or like you're sick in bed or whatever, you know, you're legitimately like picking your face and playing a prostitute in a bra and panties. So yeah, you can't, can't really have a baby bump, even a small one. Um, so that was kind of it. And that was, you know, that was kind of okay. Um, especially when you are in a show where you're kicking your face and playing a prostitute in a bikini, like you're, I mean, I've been doing that since I was like not playing a prostitute, but, you know, I've been on stage professionally since I was 11 years old at the time yeah. and, um, you know, living on shrimp, Caesar salads, no dressing, no croutons and Pinot Grigio. And so, I mean, just like I tell a little story in my one woman show where it's like I looked at the pregnancy test and just like realized my life was never going to be the same because for nine more months, I was going to be able to eat French fries every single day uh. and it was just for the good of the baby. And so like, to me, that was very exciting. You know what I mean? Yeah. To just kind of abandon my body for the greater good. And, um, I love I being that's pregnant hard for people too, with like, yeah, coming it from wasn't. that. Yeah. There's all yeah. sorts of food and body stuff with that oh my so god be... and I definitely have that but yeah. for some reason you know I just really took to pregnancy and that's why I just kept it going I'd probably if I didn't have all these breaks you know with husbands <laughs> coming 
going, like I'd probably have like five or six kids. Like I, because I love being pregnant so mm. much. And um, yeah, so that's where I was. And then um, uh, her dad, you know, we were together and we, he stayed with the show for like another nine months or so. So we would fly back and forth once a month from Toronto to New York. So I could go see my regular doctor that I wanted to deliver in New York city. And um, uh, yeah. And then right before she was born, like three weeks before she was born, we moved back to New York and uh, had her there and then just kind of hung out there for a while. And then I went back and did my first show when she was nine months old. And um, it was the first time I did Always Patsy Cline, which just kind of fell into my lap. And then I ended up doing Patsy Cline 11 times in 12 years. And like that kind of just became my bread and butter, which was really awesome. And has continued to be a thing that I, you know, can fall back on and do that. So um, I think I've done, so the first time I did Patsy Cline, I had a nine month old baby. The second time I did Patsy Cline, I had, I was 14 weeks with a baby in my belly. Third time I did Patsy Cline, I was like, I don't know that there's only been a handful of times, maybe once of 11 times where I wasn't pregnant or breastfeeding Wow! during the run. Yeah. You look back on that and you're like, how did I do that? And like, cause, oh my gosh, that's like, I think I will someday. Do you know what I mean? Cause I sort of still feel like I'm in it because you know, I just played Sally Bowles for two months. Yeah. And even doing that, like as a human who has to go home and be responsible for other people was really a challenge. And just last week, so now I'm like two weeks out of it. Last week was like a really difficult week for me because I was still coming down off of that. And um, just like putting yourself in the shoes of a character like that over and over and over again. I mean, again, it's so different than shooting a film or doing a show, you know, where you kind of like snap into it, or even if you have like three months of shooting or something, right. And you can kind of just go there, but like having to literally expose yourself every night. And with that character in particular, you know, for me, it was about like opening up wounds that I don't even remember getting. Sure. Because they didn't feel like wounds at the time, you know, but then like reopening them and salting them every night. And then I just had a 40 minute drive home to like sew them back up until they're ripped open again tomorrow, sometimes two times. And that was like, that was like a lot for me. Like Patsy Klein is a lot because it's 26 songs a show eight times a week, right? So that's just like a physical outside of the show, staying vocally healthy, staying physically healthy, um, which is not always easy to do when you have three kids and you're getting yes. them school. There's fucking, you know, chicken pox and all the things. All the time. And, um, all the time. And like, you're just so deathly afraid of getting like a sniffle or a sore throat from some, you know, classmate. But yeah, this was different. And my next role I'm going on to play is Mama Rose. I was going to ask you about that. That's so- I'm trying to like, I don't, girl, I don't know. Because that's like, like Sally Bowles was close to home, but like far removed, like, like 20 years that I have kind of had to like pull these things from 20 years ago. But this is like, we're sort of happening now but also maybe like looking into the future. And I, I, I haven't like fully, you know, worked on the script yet, but just from the productions I've seen, and I know some of the things that have to come out of her mouth. Yeah. Cause it's real, right? Like this is, what? it is so insane what we do. It's not normal, no, right? Because, not. <laughs> okay, here's an example. In, um, Cabaret. Um, there's a couple times in the script where it says like Sally snorts a line of coke, and we sort of worked it in so it becomes kind of just part of her 
action all the time. And so I was sniffing this B complex powder out of a little, you know, vintage like snuff box. And it was just like part of my character tick slash business in almost every scene I did until she slowly unravels. Right. So you're doing the physical act of it. And then you are like pretending to be affected by it, right? Acting like you're affected by it. And then saying things like, saying things that are rooted in like the affects of this drug. Yeah. So after like two weeks, like it was my first Monday off and I was like, I feel insane right now. Like what is, (laughs) like what's going on? And I was realizing, I was like craving the action of doing the drugs, even though it got, obviously it wasn't real. I was, but it's like, you sure. get in these, oh my God. So the brain doesn't know the difference a lot of times. No. And that's the thing, right? The brain I mean, doesn't know so, if you're dreaming or acting or things that's that like happen. That's the thing with like, you know, what we do in regards to our relationships, right? Like if you're making out with somebody in a scene, yeah, like it's really hard to do. That's why so many co-stars get together because yeah. your body is reacting like you're making out with somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't really like stop that from happening. My showman, you know. <laughs> and so it's I mean it's similar. So when it is my responsibility, you know, to like come home to three kids who need who need me mm-hmm. for their survival, right? You kind of really have to pull yourself. People are like, oh my gosh, are you so sick of your commute? I was like, are you kidding? Like if I didn't have that commute, I don't know how I would parent. Like I needed that 45 minutes drive to like kind of shed everything and, you know, listen to what I need to do to be able to walk into my house and sure. not yeah, be crazy. I'm always curious with, um, with with performances like that just like schedule wise seems so difficult because i mean you either have to have a partner at home every night yeah they have to wake up early like or if you wake up early like you're just exhausted and yeah, then it's, it's during the day it, like- it is bananas like And look, everybody has their own thing, right? And sort of you only know your stress levels or your what you're capable of within your own life, right? So I try to stay stay away from like, oh, you think you're tired, (laughs) right? Because they got up at 11 to do laundry before a matinee. And that was just like all they could take. But yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I'm still here, I was... Um, after my divorce, I moved from New York back home so that my oldest daughter, Nora could go to kindergarten for free in a great school district and blah, blah, blah. And my mom was here. So she was, you know, great help and free help and all the things. And, um, I thought we were just going to go back to New York after nine months, you know, for the, go back in the summer and then re, re assess but it's if I didn't have my mom like and essentially free childcare, there's no way like it just I wouldn't be able to do it period like I just wouldn't be able to do it because what I would make after paying the babysitter would not be a living wage for three children to live anywhere right so um so that's how you do it uh, my partner now, my girlfriend is a chef. So she works like more than I do, you know, and she's works 12 to 14 hours a day. So she's a great, amazing help and partner when she's home. And, um, it's wonderful when our days off align, but it's also wonderful when they don't, you know what I mean? Because then she can help and I can help when she's at work. So, you know, we're just figuring it out day to day, but I'm lucky because my oldest is almost 14. So she, did you use her as your babysitter? <laughs> yeah. 
So now I can do that, you know, because, you know, now that I've been back home for almost a decade, which seems insane because I keep saying, I just moved back here, but (laughs) you know, my mom's getting older and she has more responsibilities with my dad and stuff like that. So it is great that like they do what they need to do. And then just for a few hours a night, Nora can make sure Daisy doesn't, you know, like just walk out of the house. That's all I'm <laughs> at this point. It's just survival. Yeah. Yesterday I'm like, where are the Bravo TV cameras? Because nobody would believe it. Like, okay. You know, this meme, like, you you have the same hours in a day as Beyonce. I'm like, okay, the meme should be like, you have the same amount of hours in a day as Jenny Lee Stern because I have no nanny, no trainer, no money, no cook, no like stylist, Mm -hmm. no, right? No, like, I'm like just trying to build this empire from the ground up, still having to audition, right? Nobody's like, I mean, once in a while you get the offer, right? The straight offer. And that's awesome. And I'm lucky that that has happened to me, you know, a lot in my career, just because what I do is such a niche thing. But like, honey, seriously, like I, I told you, I sang at 54 below last night. So I had to leave at 445 to make sure that I got there for you know, to park and do this and sound check and get ready and blah, blah, blah. But before that, Nora had a callback. So I had to sit with her at her callback, rocks in my stomach because everything with your kid is like worse. Like, right? Like, um, I left Daisy home with Penelope, which she's 12, right? But it's just, I was only gonna be gone for two hours. My mom is a block away. My best friend Stacy's around the corner, like no emergency. I'm gone for an hour and I get a FaceTime. The baby has completely made herself a wig of slime. So I have to, but like my day is like so meticulously scheduled, right? So that I can get to what I need to get to. So I have to leave the call back, leave Nora there, come back. Google how you get slime out, get the slime out, go back and pick her up, make sure all the slime is out before my mom sees it, because then that's a whole nother thing. And then Nora wanted to come with me, which is great, and drive to New York, sing my songs, get back in the car, get home at 1 a.m., right, to find out that the baby had slept at my mom's from 5 to 8.30. So... She was nowhere near going to bed. I mean, it's just like bananas. Oh, and then I get pulled over on the way home. There's like, my wig is on the seat next to me. I have like seven inch eyelashes on. I look insane. Like you're trying to explain to like a person, like why. Does not understand. (laughs) I can't. Like I, it, it, it was, it was a day for the books. You know what I mean? But that's just like, oh, that's just. Saturday, you know, like that's just what we're doing today. Um, so yeah, th- so yeah, you have the same amount of hours in the day as Jenny Lee Stern, not Beyonce. Of course, we love you, Beyonce, but you you have help. You have help. And um, it doesn't matter. Look, and I do agree, like when you're a mom, like you're a mom, right? It doesn't matter like how much money you have. It's not about that. It's like the emotional toll that it takes on you because it's I'm sure it's also not easy to like leave your babies when you're Beyonce, just like it's not easy for us to leave them, right? To go work, but yeah. but yeah, she's she's got some help with those 24 hours. And, you know, yeah. we're in the trenches. I feel like you, people like you and I are more yeah. in the trenches. Uh, so how does it work? Because I was always thinking about if you're in shows and like, because I know my sister like always having to miss holidays and stuff. Um, how does that work for you? Or is there ways that you can just be like, hey, can my can somebody else go on? Like, I don't know. So it depends, right? Like, it depends the contract. It depends the show. Like, if yeah, if you're working on a Broadway show and you have a certain amount of personal days built in and sick days built in and 
excellent. Which is like two. <laughs> Which is like two, but you have like more coverage than you might have like in a yeah theater situation where like I'm playing Patsy Cline and then there's your understudy who's like technically ready to go on, but not really. And like, you know what I mean? It's not exactly the same. So it's been all right with holidays per se like we kind of just work that around like they're kind of used to like you know I, I, I don't know they don't really know any different right so like our Easter is just like yeah. not a normal Easter like first night of Hanukkah is like not person like we just make it work and if it's somebody's birthday like I've done things like I remember I was doing one production where it was like opening night was Penelope's birthday so she was a little bit younger and so we brought her to the show and like the party was like, we had like a cake for her. And I think maybe yeah. she thought it was like her party. So, I mean, they're a little bit smarter, uh, older and wiser now, but like they, I mean, one of the reasons why I said like last night might've been the best night of my life is cause like they get it now. And they also think it's cool. Like so I think, you know, if last night would have been Nora's birthday, like she would have been happy to spend it at 54 Below, like watching Broadway people sing and like sitting at the bar and like, what, you know, like it, can you remember when you were 14 and like how cool you would have thought that would be? So it's just sort of like the life that I've always known. And so it's the life that they've always known, right? It's just, nobody's ever had a nine to five job. Nobody's ever had weekends free. Um, I'm always going to miss like a choir concert. I'm always going to miss. And like, but as they get older, there's just certain things that like, I won't budge on. Like this summer we have our first beach house down the shore, um, Jersey shore, down a shore, as we say. And um, I never had that growing up. And I was like, I am setting aside this money this year, like one week at the beach, no booked out. Jenna took off work. All the kids are with us. They have to miss two days because now they have rehearsal. But like, you know, like I was, I wouldn't, I turned down contracts because it conflicted. Like I'm like, I need this for my mental health. I need like one normal family thing. Right. That really is about them too. Because like a lot of our life is about me and what I'm able to do. You know what I mean? And I'm trying to balance it so they don't look back and like, so yeah, I try to get to like every track meet that I can, even if I have to go in like full face because I have to run straight to the, the theater, you know, or come from an audition. And, and I think it's just, it's just the like the known thing. It's like not weird anymore that like I might have different color hair. I might have like a outfit on that most moms wouldn't wear, but we're just trying, <laughs> you know. But that's okay. That's um, did you, well, I guess since you've been um, in the industry professionally for so long, I would assume that you didn't really have the struggle of like, should I continue this once I have kids or should I like get a, you know, nine to five job? I assume you were always like, well, this is it honestly didn't even occur to me until yeah. like I guess COVID right because it that sort of was like oh wait maybe this business like isn't a sure thing like when it was like will people ever go back out to the theater again will people ever yeah. you know so like it made you start to think and then I was like okay well what like, what am I going to do? Like, the, and then all the jobs that I was coming up with were like also not nine to five jobs. Like, I can't actually think of like anything that um, I would want to do that would be a nine to five job. I don't even know what a nine to five job is. Like, I think yeah, that too. We're always like, I'm like, what else could I do? Yeah. That and I'm like, or what, like, what interests me? Like, I'm like, well, I would love to be like the next Food Network star. Sure. Well, that's like not really a nine to five <laughs> Or like maybe I could be an event planner. Again, also, not an, not also all your nice. Like I just, there's just nothing in me that's like, 
I don't need. I honestly, I, I, I don't know. I could barely like, set up my phone for this. Like I know, I'm like not, I type with I'm not fingers. I don't data ensuring anything or like working not- in a store, maybe like helping you pick out your outfit for your son's wedding. Like I don't. I, I can't think of anything else that I. I mean, like the only other job that I've ever really wanted to do, which is like they're not jobs anymore, is like bustling around like a busy newspaper office or like a magazine. But like, but, I, but you would like, want to like act like that character, not actually do it. <laughs> totally. I think I just want like the express suits or something, yeah. and just like I just like so. Yeah, so I just, you know, started a brooch collection and then I'll just start wearing them and then that'll get, but like- That'll get me by. (laughs) Yeah, like I see myself, you know, she's so sad, working at like uh, something like that, right? But like, that's not really a realistic, it's, I mean, is that even a job? And do they still make paper magazines or like enough, enough so that it's a bustling, like- Yeah, probably one do it at his computer. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And like, I can't do that. So, so yeah, it doesn't, it didn't really occur to me to like um, do it. necessarily do that. No. And the more, I don't know, like the older my kids get or, or the more kids I seem to keep having, like, it just makes me want to succeed more and more. And it makes me so specific about the jobs I want to take. Yeah. And like, I remember I was blessed to not really have any kind of true postpartum, you know, but like after the birth of my first daughter, I remember, you know, six weeks later, kind of like, just like staring at her and like crying and, you know, Jeremy being like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just don't want her to think I'm a loser. Like, I just don't want her to think I'm a loser. So like, everything I do right I want to make sure it's like a role I'm proud of a story behind it that I can tell her oh yeah but that's also the difficult thing about you know when you're pretty much strictly a theater actress which I am for now uh you know till till I'm the next Food Network star um but like because you don't have that much of a legacy. It's like really hard to like tangibly show your legacy. Right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I could recall just like, oh my gosh, remember that second Sunday that I played Sally Bowles? Like that crap, the energy, the way I said this word. Like there's no, there's no record of that. Yeah. Right. So the things that I have to hold on to, like being on the cover of the New York Times art section or the five um four or five like albums that I've done like that's my legacy now right so I can um those things those tangible things that I'm able to hold on to become so much more important than like oh yeah we're, we're making an album of this show that I did because yeah. I mean I will say there's a really certain feeling you know when you're listening to the Broadway Spotify channel yeah and like you like come on it like it's that's incredible yeah. that's like something cool right and like pretty magical uh, yeah yeah no, it's pretty magical so, like so I you know so that that's the wonderful thing about working like film and tv or even a commercial like you can show sure. them but it's yeah. just like a little bit harder for us to like be like oh my gosh like I remember when I played blah 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 so yeah, I feel like that's um, so the I just, line of, you know, where you're saying, you're, you know, you're like, I just don't want her to think I'm a loser. And I feel that a lot where I'm like, you know, I'm not 23 anymore trying to pursue something. It's not like cute. <laughs> like it's this is what I'm doing versus like I also want to show her to you know, pursue your career, but like put put food on the table. And it's like all of those things of, you know, just your, your, all the choices are, the choices we make are so much more impactful. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And so you just have to be a little bit more particular about the 
jobs you take, which is also insane because we can't be because we're like trying to live and, you know, make U.S. currency to buy things like electricity. And I'm so um, glad you're going, you're taking that like week for yourself. And like, cause I'm sure that was hard if you had to turn certain things down, but to make that choice of, of like knowing like, this is what we need, I need, and we're yeah. doing. <laughs> like, I've always been a spiritual person, but you know, really since COVID and, and we've had some, you know, major things happen in our family in the past few years, like just made me kind of reevaluate my whole life. And like, you know, once you make that decision, right. Once you like make the decision, put down the money physically, do it. Like, I just don't believe it's not an option for me that I'm going to be put in a position that this isn't going to work out now. God's not going to do that to me. God's not going to give me like, oh, hey, um, this is so crazy. But Steven Spielberg's assistant saw you as Sally Bowles a month ago, and they just need you to come out and start shooting like this crazy movie June 17th to the 24th. You know what I mean? And then like, and then, then you make the decision. It's like, you know, oh, well, with that opportunity, I could just buy my own beach house and go where, whenever I want. Right. So like, <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I just don't stress about stuff like that anymore. And also I'm just not as paranoid about like, oh my God, well, if I turn this down, it's the last thing I'm ever going to have. Because, you know, when you do become a mom um, and you're trying to just keep clawing your way, you know, up or not even up, just well, you're just tread water in this business, right? Just try to like stay stable. Um, you know, you just have to uh, kind of go with the flow and like, you know, you have to just kind of shift your priorities a little bit, right? And like, um, were, uh, were all three of your pregnancies, um, you went to, like all of them were great for you? Love love so how was it because I know you said you were pregnant a couple times like while you were working a few times how was so I so like no morning sickness and was that all morning sickness mm -mm. Oh, like this huge like before COVID right um I was just like you know because this business it's like you just go you just go 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 like I I remember I dance two weeks in West Side Story with a broken rib and just like refused to believe it was broken. You know what I mean? Like, because I just didn't want to be out of the show or like you, you know, it's people used to just go into work sick, right? Because you're just like, if you can still hit the notes, like yeah, you're good. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I was like this huge thing. Like, oh my God. Like, I remember we were in Toronto and you know, it's Toronto, it's winter. And like, uh, cold season and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, I'm so fucking sick of everybody coming in here sick. Like then we're all going to get sick and then blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then cut to like, nobody knew. And I had 14 costume changes in Jersey boys. And I would run off stage to change my wig, shoes, costume, jewelry, throw up in a trash can and go back out on stage and just do that. Like every change, it was like part of my dresser's track at that point. And people, I could hear people like, like, isn't she the one saying like, don't come to work sick? Like, what do you have like the flu? So I would just, yeah, it, no, that wow. I, yes. Morning sickness. Yes. And, um, night sickness. Oh, yeah. I would, also like, I remember, or I would like just mentally hold it in and then we would get off, we would get on like the Metro and there was like, then you had to like transfer to a trolley in Toronto to like get to where we were living. And I would throw up in the same pile of snow, like every night for like oh, six weeks. My God. In, I like full makeup from the show and just like throw up and then get on the trolley and, and go home. Like, oh my God. Wow. But yeah, I mean, Patsy Klein is crazy because, um, you don't leave stage. Right. So like, I think there's two times where I can pee. I mean, you, you go off stage to change. Right. So 
the furthest along I was, I guess I was pregnant with Daisy and I was doing a production and I think I did it all the way up to I was like seven months pregnant or something. So we have to add Daisy's my third. So we just kept adding like another crinoline under my skirt and like kept hiking the skirt up. So I just had this like big cowgirl belt and like this giant like square dancing lady skirt that just and like I would come out of the stage door and people would be like. So like we just had them kind of like light me from here up when I was just singing the songs and like Wow. It was a trip. I couldn't get my boots on. Like, I, you know, I had like three dressers on me trying to like, because I couldn't get my shoes on and off myself. Seven um, months with your third. Wow. That, yeah. So I was, I was a big girl. How and, do you think that, or how did it work for you at that point? Do, because obviously you're the show, but did they, is there a point do you just decide when you're done or do they decide when you're it's time? Well, thankfully, like work. these were regional productions, right? So there's a start yeah. date and an end date. And so right. yeah. I think for that particular production, I did know when we first negotiated that I was newly pregnant oh. and I told them. Hey, this is what's up. <laughs> considerably after the fact, though, you know what I mean? Because I also think like men get very nervous because they don't think we can do anything when we're pregnant. Do you know what I mean? Because like they can't do anything if they have a cold. So how could we possibly do anything pregnant? Um, so, and, you know, I have like enough of like a reputation that I think the people that I was working with, I was like, I got, trust me, it's not gonna be an issue. I know what to do like physically to conceal and I know what to do you know vocally to sustain and it's gonna be great and they're like okay so right yeah 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 uh, and we just gotta do right yeah that's true I mean um I I that's blowing my mind that you were so much <laughs> doing that that's so crazy I love yeah I think it was like six so like she was born in July and I think the show went until like mid-May so maybe six months but still whatever I mean I was I would I was yeah a pregnant person yeah and how how is that for you um coming back physically from from childbirth because especially you said you're such a dancer and like and our bodies just are our tools and besides the whole like fucking stupid like body like bouncing oh that's what we actually have to do right so with Nora with Nora I didn't you know I was very much just like going with the flow I didn't know after I had her what I want to like I didn't know how I was going to feel about the business after that and um kind of went with the flow. And like I said, it was nine months before I worked again with Penelope and Daisy. I had jobs lined up like before I gave birth. So I knew I was contracted to do a production of Xanadu as like the Olivia Newton-John character, three months postpartum with Penelope. And we were on tour at the time with my ex-husband. So she was born. Two weeks later, we went on the road with Next to Normal. So I had a two-week-old baby and an 18-month-old or an, and like a 19-month-old baby. And we went on tour with Next to Normal. And three months later, I went to Maine with my mom and a three-month-old baby and a not even two-year-old baby to do Xanadu where I had to roller skate yeah thing do all the things and I just I mean for me I'm a Capricorn like I need like a, if I have a goal or like a deadline or something like I'm gonna get it done so yeah I just got that done and then um with Daisy I was slated to do Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd and she was like nine weeks at the time and I took her with me to rehearsal every single day. I had like a nanny come with me. Oh, wow. And 
The only way that that was possible is I found this girl who had just graduated from college who didn't, she was already saved her money to move to New York and she was looking for a job in the theater to just kind of like gain experience, but like an intern kind of thing. So it's like, how about this? You come with me every day. You watch the baby while I rehearse. You can watch all the rehearsals. You can sit in on tech. You can sit in on notes. And she did. And she came to every rehearsal with me and she came to every show with me because I would have to like breastfeed in intermission. Literally. Great. Oh my God. Well, that is woof. But that's a great internship. That just like worked out. Right. So we like agreed on a salary that she was okay with and I could afford. And, and so, yeah, so those were just like, I had goals that I needed to work towards. Right. And, um, and I just, and I just did it. Um, that gives me, maybe I should, I, I got, my husband gave me these really cool roller skates and then like, I got pregnant, like before I had used them. So, Maybe now, maybe now I'll get, yeah. try them on. Give, give them a twirl. Yeah, like, I mean, like, look, we can do anything that we want to do. Yeah. Right? Like, I know that I can. Like, I, it, it's just me deciding whether or not I want to do it. And those were just two things I really, really wanted to do. And I knew that it would be a great story and it would be a great photo. And to, oh, I mean, I just remember those Xanadu production shots coming back. I remember like a solid 48 hour, like depression of how gross and like fat I was and how gross my boobs were. Honey, I'm going to send you one of those pictures. Yeah, I imagine. It's like, I was all your head. <laughs> Like, I was like, uh. But it's that's yeah. that's a whole. I mean, that's a whole other show. That's oh, a whole yeah. other thing. Like, you know. Yeah, it it sure it, is. It, it's like I wish we could just Tell change. Me on again, we'll talk all about. It. I guess we could just change that narrative to where yeah. like nobody actually cares. No. They like, don't. and if it was just more normal that you know people look different, um, then like this one percent of ideal whatever. Or if people stopped lying about what they ate in a day or how they got that dewy glow or whatever. Like just that shit honestly really pisses me off. Like I am very open about, you know what I mean? Even from physically, mentally, emotionally, how I get things to be like, how do you do it? How do you do it with like all these kids by yourself? I'm like weed. Well, that was going to be my last question for you. I was going to be like, what is your lifesaver at the moment that's like getting you through? Yeah, micro. (laughs) That's my lifesaver. That's the thing. If you're not into it, read up on it and get into it because it is, honey, I am focused. I am motivated. I am. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. I'm doing great. Um, you yeah, are. Like, you are doing great. But it's I love. Like, it's like I love. Like it's like you just have to like get some me. No, I don't. I can't though. I like can't get me time without like abandoning my family or like. I guess I have to stop saying that. But you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know yeah. what you mean though. So like, yeah, so that's my savior. And also my savior is, and this was one of my COVID quotes, like during COVID, I said like, wow, like I drastically underestimated how important it was for me to go out and pretend to be somebody else for two and a half hours every night. Wow. Yeah. Greatly underestimated that. And that's my gift. Mm -hmm. Like I go to work and I put like physically on a whole new persona, but I'm actually to able to like transport myself somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Not just like in an office or, or whatever, where I still have like, like my phone is shut off. It's put away. And I'm like, people are not calling me my name. 
nobody is calling me mom that are my kids. Like, it's just a real thing. It's like, that's the escape. And I don't know if a therapist would say that's like so healthy because that's my work. You know what I mean? But it is what's working for me now. And, you know, I'm just like blessed that I've been able to play such like pretty awesome characters that allow me to transport to that place and like feel really appreciated. Like when you come home and like, you know, you're serving everyone and wiping butts and cleaning up after kids and animals and this and that. And like, you can, you can feel very um, underappreciated or not appreciated at all. And then like you come out for your curtain call and it's like, oh my God. Yes. I did something that people are standing and cheering for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it's just, uh, so that, I mean, that is saving it for me too. But I will say, honestly, for the first time in my life, my, my adult life, I'm finally in a, a relationship, you know, a romantic relationship that is what it's supposed to be like it's a I never I think in my previous relationships um I never got any of that at home so that applause and those ovations I mean I put so much weight into them do you know what I mean and would obsess about you know if we didn't have a good night or whatever but now with Jenna she kind of just added something to our family that it just, it just doesn't matter. Like, I don't need that. Like I need that for myself, for the work, for my artistic um, outlet and my, you know, money inlet. But yeah. like, I could really mute the audience and still be fine at the end of the day, which is like a huge testament to her, but also me for like living my life authentic, authentically now. And yeah, um, I'm sure that was a whole other journey. Yes, for you. A whole other thing. We could do a whole season. We have uh, two more follow-up episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> body image, right, body image. And then like, you know, why everybody should be a lesbian and yeah. here's here's your how-to guide on how to live your best lesbian but life can i ask you one more just because i'm nosy so uh so your f first husband you had nora well my first husband um was you know my first husband we had no kids gotcha we were married for three years so he's in florida now um remarried happy lawyer um but we actually had a dog together who passed away I think two and a half years ago so that was like our last connection so he's not like in our lives but yeah so I have uh Nora and Penelope with my second husband Jeremy and then Daisy with my third husband Matt and like Matt just walked in what's that like they are very much in and out um yeah and part of our lives and definitely part of our family. And like, if somebody draws a little stick figure collage, like everyone's in it. So it's definitely a modern family. Yeah. And um, my relationship with the two of them now, I mean, better than ever. And I think for a couple of reasons, right? A, because I'm just generally a happier person because, you know, living authentically, but B, I mean, love them to death. God bless them. But like, it's on me now, right? Nothing that went wrong in our relationship has anything to do with them because the problem was, is I'm a lesbian. Yeah. That was the problem. And honestly, go with that. That's totally fine. I'm not keeping score anymore. If yeah. that's what, if that's that, then that's that. And maybe it was. Maybe it was, maybe I did, maybe I picked fights because I was like to the core, like knew I wasn't in the right place. Maybe it was, but it doesn't really matter anymore because like, you know, everybody in our family, all the children in our family now have like an abundance of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles from a billion You're different all in the same, like, well, Jeremy is in New York. Okay. Oh, was Matt, yeah. okay. Matt is here, you know. 
Jenna's here, but but yeah. everybody's around. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you know, it's it's just not ever going to be an issue if there's a graduation party or a wedding or a big event that everybody, yeah, would a hundred percent be able to come and be able to support whatever child was being honored or, you know, and um, I can't ask for anything more than that, right? That's like what it's really about. So, um, we're just trying to do our best there, but yeah. You know. Well, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for chatting. Oh, thank you. And then I'll have to ask you what your, you'll have to email it to me if, or unless you know offhand what your, uh, I, I'm not a microdoser, but like your strain. Is that what's called? Oh, little, I don't even, yeah. So I'm like now. Have to send me whatever you're using. Yeah. Well, okay. everything is legal, Working. obviously. Of course, right? yeah. Um, yes. And I will send you all the things, yeah. but I'm like fully, like, I'm like the Somali, I'm like the gummy sommelier of like all the moms, like at the, you know, trash me who are like, Oh my God, I could never, I'm like, Oh my God, you could ever because <laughs> what I like the days of like the Chardonnay and the Starbucks cup are so over. That's so lame. Cause that was I a thing. That's so much more disturbing than people yes because this is like they call like mommy juice and things like that that weirds me out (laughs) i i'm like just like no some pot you don't have to be a secret alcoholic you can just (laughs) no or just like you just don't have to be that person right like it's just and it's also like you know, if you're going to be on Zoloft or on Billify or Wellbutrin or wh- whatever you're going to be on, like, what's the difference? Like, whatever it, helps, helps. <laughs> whatever helps, helps. And like, yeah, I'd re- just rather keep it like legal and natural, quite honestly, yeah. than like, yeah, ew, than driving around in a fucking minivan with a Starbucks cup of Pinot Gris. <laughs> It's like not, it's not the look anymore, guys. It's not, it's not the look. I, I'm, I, we don't need any more, like, it's one o'clock somewhere or like, I, I'm not into the sweatshirts, you know, with the, th- it's just like, it's just everyone pull it back together. Be cool. Um, be cool. Well, yeah, you are very, very cool. And I'm so, <laughs> so grateful and appreciate you taking your time to yeah. chat. And have and have a great. Uh, you're having a daughter date tonight. Is that what's yes? Going? So last night I took Nora to 54 Below, and then today I'm going to take uh, Penelope to see um, a few of my friends in a show that's closing tonight in Philly. They're doing Margaritaville, so we're going to go get some like tacos and like a Virgin Marg. And it's amazing. I yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Have a great daughter date. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great day. And that's our episode. Thank you so much to my guest and a special thank you to my producer, Cecilia Tripp with Laurel Canyon Creative. And thank you to Edith Mudge for our theme music. And I hope you enjoyed having a look into Mommywood. Don't forget to follow Mommywood Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And please give us a nice review and a few stars while you're at it. We would appreciate it so, so much. And take care. I need to the light my fly.